Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer, this recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight, and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. And it's your girl here, Jacqueline, and I'm in one of those moods where I'm very tired. You know, my eyes just feel tired and falling asleep sounds really good. Closing my eyes sounds really good right now. And yet I am so wired on caffeine. And that is not something I would recommend. The reason that I am that way is because I didn't get a whole lot of sleep the past few nights and I've been working really hard while also trying to maintain normal daily life. But sometimes hustle has to happen. And I have a really good reason for why I'm so tired and hopped up on caffeine. And that's because I'm hosting a free five-day no binging challenge starting this Monday. And so if you want to sign up for that, if you are feeling stuck and monotonous in your bulimia recovery and you want to stop binging, but you really don't feel that motivation or momentum, this challenge is for you. It's completely free. It's going to be super excited. It's my first time ever doing a challenge and I've been working really hard to do that among coaching with my clients and taking care of the new course members and doing everything normal that I do, like walking my dog. So I, please, if you would like to join and hang out with me and my caffeine hopped up free free self, then you can find that in the description below. Just click on the link that says free challenge and you'll be taken there and follow the prompts and you'll be joined and then you'll be added to a Facebook group. And then we will all focus on going five days without binging and learn a lot in the process. It's not just about going five days. This will be about building momentum and giving you the base knowledge you need so that you can continue it. So anyway, this is an awesome opportunity. It's completely free. There's really no risk to it. It's just you. You got to show up in your bad self. Secondly, today's episode is going to be kind of a fun one. It's it's not my typical conversation that I have, but I invited, invited Marcus Kane back on the podcast. Marcus is a great dude. We're probably going to do many other collaborations because our conversations, like we just vibe. I feel like we vibe and I think he thinks the same thing. But today we had a conversation all about attraction and um, what people think others are attracted to, what people think think is important in terms of attraction and finding another partner, but it's not actually reality and how trying to appeal to the masses actually makes you do really crazy things. And we talk about both of our misconceptions that we had about what we think, maybe the opposite sex wants or stuff like that. The only thing to keep in mind is, first of all, it's, we don't speak for everyone. So the whole conversation, you notice we're a little bit nervous. We're like putting disclaimer after disclaimer on this conversation, but we definitely don't speak for all men or all women or all people. But then secondly, we both agree, we talked about it afterwards, that we really didn't do a good job. We dropped the ball on the fact that we didn't really talk about people that don't identify as either male or female. And so what I want to say is the first of all, I'm sorry, we didn't consider that while we were um, talking about it. But this conversation still definitely applies to those, those of you that don't necessarily identify as male or female and just identify as they, them. It really, the concepts we talk about aren't just about men and women, they're concepts for everyone. So sometimes we use just 
she or he pronouns and we didn't necessarily think about the inclusivity. So I just wanted to apologize and own up to that and hopefully you guys you can understand. Um, I support you guys out there. Uh, And so yeah, please listen to this episode and I hope at least, you know, you feel good after listening to it and it makes you laugh a little bit. It's kind of a lighthearted episode. So please enjoy. If you want to sign up for the challenge, doors close Monday morning. So sign up now. There's only a hundred spaces available. So do that. All right. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Okay. So I guess we'll just jump into it. I got to say, I was feeling nervous about this episode because when you first messaged me for everyone listening, this is Marcus. He's great. He's been in the podcast before. Um, Yeah. But uh, Marcus originally messaged me because he had some, he posted some story about like what like misconceptions about what people want. Like I think it was a caring about dudes bench. Right. And like, yeah, that's what girls care about. Right. And obviously that's not true, but anyway, you messaged me and said, let's do a podcast episode about this. And originally I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. This sounds so hilarious. And then I was like, what, I mean, what if I think all the wrong things, I don't speak for all women. What am I going to say? <laughs> How are you feeling? I feel nervous. Well, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about it. Like I was writing a couple of notes as like talking points and some funny things to mention. I think probably the main thing to mention about this topic for everyone listening is that we are having a laugh. This is this is not mm-hmm. like the most serious informative episode of anything that we've ever done right now. <laughs> this is just this is just some kind of funny stuff and I think funny stuff with like an undertone of seriousness because I know 100% the the issues that got me on the track to experiencing eating disorders and all that kind of stuff was a gross misconception of what I thought made me valuable Mm. and you know what I thought made me attractive and now years later I can see the humor in it and and I can have a joke but I just want to kind of make that really clear. Like there's that kind of duality going on. Like this is very real for a lot of people. There are a lot of gross misconceptions as far as what makes them valuable. And if you are right in the middle of that still, then, you know, maybe some of the things that we talk about might hit a bit close to home, but I would want anyone listening to know that, you know, we are talking about these things from a perspective of, of having been there and having a lot of love for anyone who's still there and knowing that, you know, if we're able to have a bit of a smile about it and just talk about it and get it out in the open, then maybe we can offer a few pathways out of that place. Yeah. What an elegant way to say that. Absolutely. Um, I think that we are having a laugh. It is supposed to be more of a lighthearted episode, but they're based in really real things. And just because maybe we're laughing at a few of the ideas, we were also in that crazy at some point. And we're not judging you for being in that crazy if you're listening and you think that way. It's just to let you know that that once you get out of that mindset, you actually see that it's not all that real or necessary. And it's kind of hindering you in a lot of ways. So totally agree there. Mm, 100%. And I think one of the main things that really inspired me to have this conversation and and reach out to you, Jacqueline, to record this episode was recently I experienced a trigger, the likes of which I had not experienced in fucking years. 
Ooh, like a, I'm very a, interested now. <laughs> like a body image trigger that hit me like a brick. And I was sitting there just thinking like, wow, okay. So apparently this is still a thing on some level. And it came when one of my favorite book series ever, Reacher, like the Jack Reacher series was made into this new TV series when they finally got past the idea, the idea of Tom Cruise being Jack Reacher because that was a terrible idea. And they cast this incredible looking giant dude to play Jack Reacher in this series on Amazon. And the moment I hit play on that series, like my inner masculinity just kind of looked at this guy and went, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because he was like six foot five and just built in, in the way that like, you know, my inner teenager was going, oh my God. I hope I look like that when I grow up and I'm sorry. And I'm sorry, buddy. It's like, we're not, wait, don't, don't all, aren't all guys six foot five and like, you know, super built and everything. I don't, I don't understand. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, we all should be, but apparently we're not. (laughs) But this, this thing happened when I was watching this series, just looking at this guy through a mixture of awe, envy and insecurity and mm. I commented about it to my girlfriend and her reaction was just incredible. Like we've been together for many years now and she's so amazing and so incredibly blunt in the most endearing and beautiful way sometimes. Oh, no. I was like, oh my God, this dude, I wish I looked like this dude. And she looked at me and went, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Is that was like good or bad? she's like he looks like a monster he moves like frankenstein Mm. no just no no on so many levels i gotta look him up now now that you're saying that (laughs) jack reacher well i think just and again no offense to the poor guy who's playing that now who's just heard you know i doubt that he would ever hear this but someone's ripping into him saying that he looks like a monster or looks like Frankenstein or whatever. But just as far as personal tastes are concerned, my girlfriend was looking at this dude who I thought was the epitome of of what I should kind of aim to look like Mm -hmm. thinking about ways that I can grow a few extra inches and all this kind of stuff. Um, And just looking at this guy and thinking, you know what? No. And something's really struck me as, as what, something that she said that I didn't think would register as a big part of someone's attractiveness. She was like, he doesn't move right. Like, what are Mm, you talking about? Right. I just looked up the guy actually that you're talking about. Um, It's on Amazon, the series, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And first of all, I just want to say like, everyone has a right to do whatever they want their body. Like whatever I say about this guy's body, I'm sure he does not give two shits. He is totally (laughs) like, he gets to do what he wants. My opinion doesn't matter. But this, this guy, in my personal opinion, I know who he is. I've seen him in some other stuff before. He was in a horrible, like really trashy series called Blue Mountain State. Um, Wouldn't wreck. It's like toxic masculinity of the wazoo, but (laughs) he, I personally, in my personal attraction skill, I think he looked better before when he was, smaller he was still like i think i don't even think he was natty then like he had a lot of muscle then for sure but i think he looked 
better. He looks like he put on a lot more mass since then. And yeah, I agree with your girlfriend. She, he looks a bit too, too bulky in my opinion, honestly. Um, and not, and even though he's like full muscle, it's just not in a good way. He seems kind of like the Hulk or something. And that's not necessarily what I think most women like. And again, I don't speak for most women, but I think that's the average consensus. Yeah. And it, it just, it's one of those conversations that, you know, made me think as well, like some of the women who talk to me about, you know, their experiences with, with disordered eating and, and what they're going through and what they aim for and where those goals originally come from always strike me as, as being like, you know, I have two thoughts in my head. I'm like, okay, who gave you the impression that that's, you know, and I, again, it's such a, it's such a dicey conversation because people have body goals for themselves, not necessarily to impress other people, but I'm talking right, right. now about the conversations that <clears throat> I've had where people have flat out told me that they want to look a certain way in order to be attractive for someone else. And the more this conversation gets going, it's like, we could unpack each element of this for days, but <laughs> For example, something that, that happens quite frequently is that someone will send me like an Instagram profile of a sports model of some description with my background in strength and conditioning and nutrition and everything like that. She will like, oh, what, what, what do I have to do to look like that? And for mm. a start, why do we want to look like that? And then the conversation will inevitably lead to, oh, in one way or another saying that's what I believe I need to look like in order to insert whatever result here. And the thing that strikes me when I look at some of these people that, uh, that people are kind of putting up there on a pedestal, as far as body goals are concerned, I'm like, I know what they would be doing in order to be hitting that target. Mm. And I am 99% sure that that would make them not a cool person to be around. Like you, right. you would, you would not. A lot of not, people yeah. I, I was following this. I follow this. I don't follow too many because you want to be careful to fill your Instagram feed with that. But I, mm. one girl, she is a bikini prep. She, she just won, I think like Mrs. Olympia. So she like pretty big. Right. Mm. But her life, if you look at her stories, not saying like, this is her life. She loves it. And everyone in her life, it seems like are also gym people, but she's not going out to bars or going out to eat stuff like that. Not hanging out with the mates. Like she's in the gym. <laughs> she yeah. is, her entire life is prep and food and stuff like that. And she's a paid athlete. That's what she lives in Brisbane like to do. Mm -hmm. But the reason she looks like that is obviously from hard work. And I don't, I don't know, maybe like some drug help too. I, I have no idea. Um, but she looks like that because that's her entire life. And I don't think she, she has many other hobbies outside of that. And it's not that that's wrong, but it doesn't necessarily make you that fun to be around if you don't have the same interest that she does. And she's probably surrounded herself with people that have the same interests as her, which is fine. But mm that it's just, yeah, I don't think people realize the amount of work sometimes the physiques that they want, like this, this Jack Reacher guy, I'm sure he <laughs> spends a lot of time doing the same stuff. That's his entire job. So, you know, act and look like that. Mm. 
Yeah, and of course, I went straight down the rabbit hole of finding his training program and what he was doing and the methods, oh, no. that, he, <laughs> the methods that he was using for prep um, during I think it's cool like, that you admit that, by the way. Well, uh, yeah, yeah it, it's like um, partly there's only a small fraction of that nowadays that's like a that comes from a place of morbid jealousy. Like, <laughs> we all have it. Don't worry. Like most of it now, like the vast majority of it uh, definitely does come from a place of uh, professional curiosity. Again, because strength and conditioning is, is part of what I do. So I'm always interested in different programs, different methods. And I do enjoy dissecting those things because when you do dissect them, you kind of reach the point where you realize, okay, this has common ground with that. That's the goal of that program. And, and, all that kind of stuff. But is there something I was wondering, like what kind of cliches can you think of or what comes to mind for you when you think of people having something in their head that they believe is super, super attractive, you know, to the, to the, to the degree to which they're willing to sacrifice so much? I just, I wrote a very crude list of the the main things that I see women talk about a lot that I coach. One is like, I want to be skinny. They usually have some sort of uh, weight that they have in mind that they want to reach, or they want to be like ultra fit and like thick in, in muscle and stuff like that. And be like that JLo curvy, like hourglass figure. Um, and a lot of girls don't like have an hourglass figure. Um, they do if they pose correctly, but that's not, you know, if it just, I just stand straight, I'm not going to look like I have a total hourglass figure. It's just not going to happen for most people. But anyway, that's one thing. And then also I wrote big booty, big boobs. Cause I think <laughs> girls think they need to have that. And then maybe even taking it a step further, they think they have to have like lip injections, stuff like that, um, to be mm. attractive. But with these cliches, I think when we were I was prepping for this conversation. Um, it was funny because I thought during in my relationship, I know you've seen my like confession series. I had some really rough times in my relationship. And I thought that what would make my relationship better was just losing weight and looking better. And mm. yet during that time, I was not only like I cheated on my partner multiple times, I was bulimic like crazy. I was like, when I wasn't bulimic, I was either being depressed, irrational, crazy, or playing the Sims all the time. This is the only thing that I could like numb out with that wasn't food. And I was like, oh, I could just lose weight. That would make our relationship better. And it's like, maybe I had to change my personality and be there and like stop being so crazy. And that would have helped. So anyway, to answer your question, those are the cliches, but I think that it's funny. We think those will solve the problems, but I think they're just masks for what people the other problems in our life. And that's people attraction is important to people, but it's not everything in a mm. relationship, right? It won't hold the relationship over time. 100%. And mm -hmm. as a society, we tend to undervalue the attractiveness of emotional stability while promoting body image standards that will literally drive people insane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, so, and go ahead. Yeah. And I know like the, for guys, like I see guys in the gym, like constantly just living in the gym, creating these physiques that essentially 
just only attract other dudes. <laughs> right? I, I don't yeah. know. And I don't, <laughs> I don't mean like um, in homosexual relationships or, or gay get dudes. Kudos or anything, for it. Yeah, they just, it, it's just about like their bros. It's mm-hmm. like they, they get invited into this world going, yeah, come on, you'll be super hot. You know, you'll look all buff. You'll look really good. And then 12, 24 months down the track, they realize that all their Instagram engagement is like 99% other bros going, yeah, dude, you look fucking great. Meanwhile, they're starting to experience some relatively severe emotional and physical issues from maybe steroid use or something like that. But that's okay because, you know, at least your bros think you look hot. And then right. it's, it's, it becomes it's, uh, a more like yeah. pure impressing thing. I think that's very true for women as well. Cause women, we can, everyone's, everyone can be competitive, but I think there's a history with women of being competitive against each other, seeing each other as threats. And so I think while women that are interested in men, you know, want to be attractive to them, they also sometimes want to feel more attractive than the other women around them. And that was definitely a thing for me. I mean, like, I know that people, some, hopefully like there's some people out there listening. It's like, you guys are just crazy and you were crazy and they don't struggle with any of this stuff, but that would be great. I hope so. Yeah. Right. But (laughs) I definitely found myself in the gym and just everything, like picking every other girl apart and thinking like, do I look better than if I felt like I looked better than her based on my standards, then I could feel good about myself. If I didn't look better than her, then I would try to find other ways to like pick her apart. Um, so it definitely becomes about a pure pleasing thing. I think. That just blew my mind because I realized that I was doing that for years and never really looked at that specifically. So yeah, I'll have to unpack that later. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, it comes from an insecurity thing, right? Yeah, definitely. It's it's that whole thing of being in an environment and rather than paying attention to maybe who you're interested in, in that environment, looking around at all the potential competition and kind of weighing them up in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't help you. And honestly, too, I found that once I actually spoke to those girls that I was like felt insecure around, but I was trying to find some way to make them this bad person so I could feel good about myself. Once I actually said <laughs> hi to them or gave them a compliment, they're like, oh, you're so nice. They were perfectly per- nice people and people I would want to be friends with. So it just, it not only doing that isolates you from potential mates or partners that you want to be with and doesn't, you know, no one wants a partner that's constantly comparing and jealous and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But then it also isolates you from people that could be your friends because you're constantly comparing yourself to your peers being like, do I look better than them? Yes or no. That's sort yeah. Of it just creates a lot of tension almost in multiple directions. And anyone who is really only interested in certain physical attributes, like you don't want that person around anyway. I, I remember no. one of the, the biggest um, body image things that I've ever been through is uh, losing my hair or experience, you know, my hair thing. Mm. Because yeah. you know, in my kind of music career, I knew that I wasn't a great guitarist. Like I knew this, I knew this Aww. for a fact. <laughs> like I knew that I was, in the, I was a passable guitarist on a good day, um, but it was made quite clear to me that I was hired for my image 
in that mm-hmm. band. Like I was relatively good with organizing stuff and logistics and I could like, I could get along in a band environment relatively well. And, you know, I could be a team player and everything like that at the time. Um, but it was like made very clear to me once or twice, like, look, you're not a great guitarist, but that's not all there is to be in a band. So mm-hmm. when I started losing my hair, I was like, oh my fucking God, like the thing that is most valuable about me, like my appearance is being Aww. taken away and I can't do anything about it. And I, oh my, it was, it was That's just awful. this, cra- it was just this crazy thing. And it, it caused so much anxiety for so long. And then I saw your post about that the other day. It was not the other day. It was probably like months ago, but I thought it was a really good post about how, you know, when you had your hair, you were like, this is the main thing that makes me attractive. And now looking back, like, I look weird with hair and I feel normal in how I look (laughs) right now, which I agreed. I was like, oh, Marcus with hair, that's different, right? Like this this is the Marcus now. I like this Marcus better. It's, It's just interesting. It, it is crazy, like how we can experience these things and have something about our appearance change and be literally terrified of that change for like, for me, I was like that occupied a whole lot of real estate in my mind, being scared shitless about losing my hair and thinking about it every single day. And that being part of my life for over a decade. But then wow. when I did shave my head it was like during the the covid kind of lockdowns and everything like that i couldn't get a haircut and i was kind of cheekily testing the water with my girlfriend and being like oh so i i I just think i think i'm just gonna do like a buzz cut like just you know just because um yeah just because like i can't be i can't be fucked trying to find a hairdresser or whatever like i was trying to play it cool and just you know be one of those cool guys that was just you know shaving their head during lockdown and making it no big thing. But on the inside, I was scared as hell. And my girlfriend, Marta being Marta, she's, um, she's like, she's from Poland. And, you know, like I said, beautiful and quite blunt and tells the truth, like all the time about mm-hmm. everything. And she's like, yeah, sure. That's fine. You, you, you can go for it. Mm-hmm. I was probably expect- knew. Yeah, I was expecting, yeah, most likely, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was expecting more of a like, oh, are you sure? Like you might not, you might not look the same or whatever, which actually has been my experience in previous relationships where people maybe were a bit more attached to particular elements of how Mm. I look. So then she was just like, oh, no, do it. So I buzzed cut it down to like a, a two or something like that. And then I was like, okay, what if I go further? What if I take it like right down to like a zero and and properly do this? And I had the talk with her again. I'm like, look, I think I just want to, I just want to, I just want to do this. Like, you know, but, you know, I'm just saying, because, you know, it might be a big difference. There's a big difference in my appearance from like a two down to a zero. And, you know, I'm experiencing like multiple levels of anxiety and insecurity here. And she's just Mm -hmm. like, yeah, do it. You'll, you'll, you'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Pushing you over the edge. And so I shaved off all my hair, like right down to a zero. I came out of the bathroom with my like heart on my sleeve, just experiencing this intense anxiety. And she kind of glanced at me and went, yeah, you, you look exactly the same. 
You look exactly the same. You're still very handsome. You look exactly the same. Can we go walk the dog now? You know? (laughs) Yeah. And it was like this thing about appearance that I'd been stressing over and fixating on for like over a decade. Mm. And I think so many of us have these things in regards to our appearance and what we attach our emotions to with how we look. And when they, if they do actually change or when they do actually change as scary as that might be, we kind of end up realizing like it's, it's going to be okay. Right. Yeah. No, they seem like they're such a big deal and they're vital to you as a person. And that it's going to completely like ruin everything. And actually it's, it wasn't that being anchor that who you are the whole time. And it's just like, mm. you as a person is who you are. Yeah. I think that um, also this is a more vapid or like surface level thing, but I, one time some, some dude was uh, like asking me if I, found, if I found someone attractive and I, there was like, it was between two guys and I thought the bald guy was more attractive and he was like, really? What? And I was like, yeah, he said like his face better. And, and he's like, you would, you would date a bald guy. And it's like, yes. Yeah, I would. Of course, like being bald is not a deal breaker. It's like something that happens. It's it's a look. It's a total look that people have. Right. So I think even that like something that people think is automatically a negative thing isn't inherently even a negative thing. And there are so many different preferences in the world. But even if someone like doesn't find that attractive or let's say it it, like it's objectively an unattractive trait, whatever it is, which, you know, you can never prove that, but let's say Mm. for example, it was, there is so much more to you as a person than how you look. And eventually everyone's looks fade unless you have access to some really weird technology or something. Um, (laughs) But I think even, you know, even with that, your looks will fade. So you really have to eventually find value in yourself as a person regardless of how you look and that will get rid of a lot a lot of that paralyzing fear like you were experiencing with shaving your head 100 percent. and after going on that massive tangent i realized the actual point that was more relevant to what you <laughs> were okay. saying i think this is going to be a, just a like we said a fun ranty episode and well it was it was just about you know how we think that certain people are going to like judge us based on or you know overvalue certain things of of our appearance and we think you know if I don't look like this it's going to be a deal breaker or if I don't have this particular attribute like it's going to be a deal breaker and someone told me at one point I was like oh you know but like what if I lose my hair or what if I put on weight or whatever and this guy who was you know 10 20 years older than me at the time he's like look anyone who loses interest in you or doesn't want to speak to you because of that is a clinical prick. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good thing to (laughs) say. And it just kind of made me go, huh? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Yeah, yeah, it's like, I would, so I looked up before this episode, what people, what are the most important traits in finding a partner and it had nothing to do mm-hmm. with like attraction. It was like open openness, honesty and integrity, empathy, affection, independence, respect, and humor. And those people mm-hmm. that, you know, they're not like they're only in it for the attraction. It's not that it's wrong. I think there are some relationships where that is the case. 
and they have both like as long as everyone's all on board with that then they can do what they want right but i think if you're looking yeah. for a long-term relationship it can't just be all based on attraction and i think a lot of people are looking for long-term companionship in some way whatever way they want it yeah but it's definitely not just all a physical thing and you can't base a relationship like on that or you will drive yourself crazy and then like you said like emotional stability is like a core thing you want and I think <laughs> when I was trying to base my relationship off of like just changing my appearance I was completely unstable and then wondering why my relationship wasn't working out that well and it's like well maybe it's because you're crazy not just because you weigh <laughs> a little bit more than usual um, the way that you phrase stuff sometimes just like <laughs> well it it was just so simple right it's so obvious but I was like ah I just need to change this and it wasn't like I was thinking that in so black and white but I was so fixated on changing my image that I was willing to let everything else just fall to the wayside and I could not Mm. see the real problems at hand and he would he would tell me sometimes like I just (laughs) maybe changing these things would help and I was like I hear you, but yeah, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I would definitely, you know, maybe some emotional stability or whatever, maybe that would help, but it's definitely the weight. It's definitely yeah. that last few <laughs> right. pounds. That's what, definitely the you? problem. No. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, no, I think that um, people get roped into things. And then unfortunately we get, we are in a society that really validates appearance. And I think mm. that, it's not that we're saying you should not care about your appearance at all, or at least I'm not saying that. I don't think you are either. But no. um, it's just that it can't be the only thing. And it's not like, even though, our, what am I trying to say with this? I think I'm getting confused or turned around. Yeah, it's unfortunate, basically, that we live in a society that uh, just completely like worships how we look. Probably because that's the first thing we can judge people on is their appearance, right? It's the first thing we yeah. can use and see. I mean, it's very, with social media, film, television, all that kind of stuff, we don't really get to know people properly through social media, through movies, through all these these mediums that we are so very much exposed to constantly all the time. So through those things, potentially, we have just a, you know, a misrepresentation of, of just how, uh, just how important appearance actually is and no doubt I bet that on any day you can think of you know at least 10 people male or female who you would consider really attractive but on on like a physical level but when you factor in maybe who they are as a person you don't feel attracted to them there's that Mm -hmm. that Whereas there might be other people out there, again, male or female, who you might think they're not like stereotypically attractive, but I'm quite attracted to them. I have this with my man crushes, like constantly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Personality is attractive. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like you... um... I remember there were so guys in high school and or just like guys I knew, you know, throughout the ages of my life, whatever. And I would just think like, oh, they're so attractive. And then I'd actually talk to them and they were really boring. (laughs) 
and kind of annoying and had no personality whatsoever and kind of jerks. And I was like, ew, I don't like you anymore. (laughs) I don't want to be around you. No, because like, it's just, I always say this, or I've said this before is like, if, you know, you could be with the prettiest person on earth somehow, but if, you know, you'd get bored just staring at them, like it wouldn't last that long for you. It'd be really annoying after a while. Yeah. Uh, that just reminded me of this picture I saw of this just like incredible looking dude. And I, I wish I could remember exactly what it said, but it said like, well, the, the caption, it said, you know, no matter how handsome he is, one day you're going to get sick of all his bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you can, um, I think, and I think we made the point abundantly clear, but you really can't rely on appearance alone. And it's not everything. And personality can take away from appearance. Um, if you are really, really not so good in one area of your personality, <laughs> that can sometimes outshine how you look um and like you know you wouldn't just say and of course we we have done this in society like the whole um have you watched the netflix series or you know who ted Ted bunty is oh the murderer yeah the the serial killer right yeah he was yeah they made a really interesting statement because they made they made like zach efron uh play Ted Bunty in this thing who's very I think he's very attractive a lot of people think he's very attractive but they did that because supposedly even though I've actually looked him up the actual Ted Bunty was attractive I would say no but he was a heartthrob at the time even though he's like a serial killer right and they found it interesting that he was very charismatic and there he had like a whole fan base because he was attractive but even he like he obviously got put away and justice was served so you aren't just gonna <laughs> let people go because they're attractive like, you just don't get get a pass because they're pretty yeah uh, let, let that guy go we can't keep yeah. him in here <laughs> he's got he's too- people to be <laughs> Yeah, like he's too pretty for prison. No, like we got to let that one out. No, that's not, definitely, that's not how it works. No, hopefully Um, not. That'd be really scary society for sure. I mean, it would. Um, Well, I have, um, I'm curious, like, what do you think? What what do men think are deal breakers usually? Common things. Okay, so the, the, deal breakers i mean for men with no self-respect who are just willing to (laughs) who are just willing to have someone in their life who makes their life an absolute nightmare just because they look a certain way those men don't count in what (laughs) i'm talking about right now like there um, are people like that and they can do what they want right yeah and i mean of course like that's not just limited to men. I mean, I should say mm-hmm. people. There are some people out there who will find someone really attractive or someone who they find really attractive and will just put up with whatever that person throws their way just because they don't believe that they can do any better or or whatever. And, the, you know, that's a very sad situation. And I just need to put that disclaimer on that, that that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about, like, you know, the average guy with, you know, a little bit of self-respect, uh, deal breakers for that guy. Is that what we're Yeah, sure. About? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So deal breakers for that guy would be, 
no one wants someone to come into their life and tornado that shit. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, we all like, I don't think this applies just to men, you know, it's just men and women, you know, we all work hard. We all have some goals. We all have stuff that we're doing, things that we're working on, things that are important to us. If someone comes into your life <laughs> and just takes a giant shit on all that in the name of want, <laughs> in the name of wanting more attention and demanding more of you and trying to make you responsible for their emotions, that's a fucking deal breaker any day of the week. Um, yeah and I think and the yeah. base of it I think the core of it is that most of the time it's like something that they're doing I just picture the way you're saying it like I ha- well, you're saying we all have stuff and things like that it's like I have this castle that I've been building it's like my <laughs> castle it's very pretty like, don't mess it up but if someone comes in and they just <laughs> crash it that's a deal breaker um yeah absolutely, absolutely. yeah <laughs> yeah I, I think guess... it's the same for most people yeah what do you think as far as women are concerned what is what are a few of like the the number one deal breakers and let's let's spice up this situation a little bit let let's say that this we're already in risky water so why not (laughs) we are already in very territory like very very risky water i don't know if we're both going to end up cancelled after this conversation or (laughs) right i just I feel like I want to put disclaimer after disclaimer after disclaimer. Yeah, I think we have. (laughs) But um, say say a guy is like, you know, super, super attractive. What could be deal breakers? Well, I think the first things first, uh, deal breakers, like people can change. So when, when when I'm about to say these things that are deal breakers, of course, there's a room in any relationship for forgiveness and willing to work through it. Like, for example, I was a really shitty partner for a while, cheated on my partner, right? So, um, and he stayed with me and worked through me with that. So that's a deal breaker to most people. And I'm really grateful that we worked through that. And um, I definitely became a different person. So technically I was a deal breaker and I I <laughs> came around, right? But um for women, again, I don't speak for all women, but I'd say most deal breakers are people like men that are maybe constantly trying to use you to boost their own ego up, possibly, or men, anyone in general that feels really insecure. And so they try to keep you down in order to feel mm. secure, um, especially me. Like I plan on doing a lot of things in my life. If someone's not okay with that, then it's kind of like, well, see you. Um and also people that are probably super controlling or they just don't respect you or your time or anything like that. And then also a deal breaker, I think, would be people that are obviously not only uh, unsafe, that's one other one, but one that's like expecting you to do all the work in a relationship. I think you know, we mm-hmm. were both in long-term relationships, so we know that the relationships aren't always even. And sometimes like you're taking on more of the stuff or they're taking on more of the stuff, vice versa, whatever. But um in a relationship, I think it's more of a partnership and you both work together to try to create something and you don't just expect it to like put on all the, put everything on one person. Right. Yeah. So I think that would be a deal yeah, breaker sure. as well. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, like when the, when the subject of deal breakers come up, 
Not a lot of them. Like the, the one, I don't know about you, but the first things that spring to mind for me, like aren't physical attributes. Like I don't get like a mental image. Like when someone says, oh, what would be a deal breaker? I don't get like this mental image or this list of physical attributes. I get more like things that happen within a relationship or yeah. know, behaviors or, or, or that kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the flip side of that would be, I feel like a lot of people underestimate the attractiveness of understanding someone like I heard, I, I wish I could say that I was responsible for this particular piece of wisdom. I don't remember where it came from. I just remember <laughs> that it's not mine. Uh, <laughs> like, like the most valuable thing that you could give someone ever is to actually take the time to understand them, to understand mm -hmm. who they are, you know, why they People are the way that they seen are. seen and heard, right? And understood. Yeah. That's what we're all seeking. 100%. And of course, that that goes without saying that we're not talking about understanding from a perspective of, you know, enabling someone to be a prick and saying, oh, you know, that's just who he is. Like, <laughs> yeah. But it's more like, yeah, the, I, I know for a fact that um, one of the things that I value most in, in my relationship is being understood. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, well, that that comes before a lot of other things it's like if you feel understood if you know that someone is putting in the time to understand you and they're they're not just doing that because they think they should they're doing that because they want to understand who you are that is something that is i feel isn't really talked about that much and goes a long way mm -hmm. absolutely no i think just holding space for people holding space in your relationship with other person is a gift that not many people in society give and finding mm -hmm. in a partnership. It's not like people on the street have time to give you space and understanding, right? They're doing their own thing. Yeah, so yeah. finding that person or, you know, not everyone just has like a one-to-one -one relationship, the people in your life on all levels to hold space for you and understand you is very, very valuable. And one of the main probably pieces in a relationship. Even I think in my relationship, when I was going through all that turmoil, something my boyfriend did really well, that me, even if I didn't understand at the time was he did understand me. And I think he could see really mm -hmm. clearly where it was coming from. And he was obviously grappling with like, okay, you know, I understand her, but do I want to stay right? And we don't work through that. Mm -hmm. But even when someone is being a prick or crazy, you can understand them. And you can still choose to leave, right? But offering that understanding to yeah. them during those moments can be helpful for you too. And it's helpful for them. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. So we've talked about a lot of risky stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that we want to say on this subject? The thing that I, I wanted to talk about was just, again, I think we've touched on it quite a bit, is just the fact that so many of us put ourselves through so much in the name of achieving certain things while being kind of misinformed about what those things are going to add to our lives. Mm -hmm. And whether that be a drastically 
like mind-blowingly abundant income or whether it be like looking you know a very particular way like I, I think so, so often we we go chasing those things for for one reason or another and then I know definitely in my experience I've had like the people who actually love me the people who are close to me who I want to have around their their attitude is kind of like but why like I mean I want to understand why that's important to you sure but you you know you don't need to do that right you know that you're valuable you know that you're valuable without that right Mm -hmm. and um yeah no yeah I think you highlighted something really cool there is that not only when you chase after these these things, because that was the second thing I was always after is weight loss and then money. Like, how do I make more money? Because like, if I just yeah. made more money, my problems would be solved. Um, and my personality would be so much better. But not only when you <laughs> you focus on those those things that like a big goal that you have to reach. And then once you get there, then everything will be magically solved. Um, not only can it be a detriment to your health and it can be mm. a detriment to your personality, but then it also forces you to kind of have everything in your life be overshadowed by that. And you ignore what's really in front of you, including the people that are in front of you. And maybe like those people are right there. They're trying to love you. They're trying to be there for you. And you are just not noticing them and not feeling the love they have for you right now, right there. Dude. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. It sucks. Yeah. It's, we all get so like having goals, we're not saying having goals aren't important and working towards some of these things aren't something you can do, but maybe don't let them completely overshadow it and never think that it's going to solve everything. Cause that's just not a thing in life. You don't, there's no magic key to anything. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Just to end on a particularly funny note, I just remembered an example of this when you were talking about, you know, the things that people find most attractive in a relationship. Mm-hmm. When we look, I remember reading something that just blew my mind. I was like, what are you fucking joking? Are you serious? Um, when it comes to like body parts on, on men that are regarded as most attractive amongst <laughs> the bros, everyone's working on their biceps, but glutes were still regarded as being more important than biceps across the board isn't that hilarious outside of the realm of like your gym bro mates Mm -hmm. yeah no it's i remember finding that out too and i was like that makes sense i don't like immediately look towards guys and this is again creepy but like (laughs) having a butt is important like having a butt is part of like a strong physique right and like if you don't like if you have no butt it's like what's you know, I guess you don't use it that often. I don't know, <laughs> but tricky territory. But yeah, absolutely. Like it is is a funny thing. Um, I was just thinking about actually height is kind of an issue for a lot of people, and I'm I'm a oh, tall right yeah. I'm I'm five ten uh, roughly. So, uh, do you like for you uh, just as a guy? Do you think that? tall girls are like a deal breaker or like they have to be a certain height has that ever been an important thing for you in attraction i'm really really glad you mentioned that because it's not it's not a deal breaker for me like i think any guy out there 
who won't date someone who's you know his height or a bit taller or like I think being being really particular over height or anyone who's really fixated on height is again a special kind of prick like (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. I just don't um yeah like I I've I dated women in the past who were taller than me especially especially if they were wearing heels Mm -hmm. Uh, like I'm 5'11 like six foot on a good day um (laughs) (laughs) and like 5'11 5'11 so yeah and I've just not it's it's never been something that has been an issue for me it's never even been on my radar but I'm glad you mentioned it because I have heard certain guys who you know I would not piss on them if they were on fire like those kind of guys Hmm. you know talk about this kind of thing from a a really shitty perspective and I'm like well yeah it's like bro you've got bigger issues right now than than that girls do that too though they um I hear and I hear it from shorter girls a lot too which you know me being a taller girl I'm like why are you saying but they're always like he has to be six foot and up and I'm like you know the average height at least in America is like five nine right it's not six foot that's not an the average height for dudes and so you're not only asking for like average but above average um and it's like you and they're and they're five four I'm like you really need that much like more height to for a dude it's really it's an odd thing but it's it's valued a lot in society right and so people get really insecure about it and they think that that's cool to talk about yeah full circle thanks to that bloke who plays reacher fuck that guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah you should um but- Go ahead. What were you going to say? <laughs> I'm just saying, no, I bet he's a really good dude. <laughs> no, like, I mean, of course I'm joking, but yeah, height, height is a big one. And especially. Yeah, well, it's I kind of that... funny with um, height. This is just a per. We're, I'm just rambling at this point and I know we're almost <laughs> we're at time, but I um, like being a taller girl, I've, only dated a few guys that were taller than me. Most of them were, or were actually shorter than me. Maybe one was my height, but the, the two people my boyfriend now is shorter than me and love him to death. But the two guys that were shorter than me, him included, never once made an insecure comment about my height. did not talk about mm-hmm. it. Did not like in the first time he, my boyfriend currently mentioned my height was like three months into the relationship. And it was a compliment. It was like, Oh, wow, your legs mm-hmm. are so long. But all the guys that were my height or taller would make weird comments like, I'm, I'm glad I'm a few inches taller than you or like, please don't oh. wear heels around me or something. And it was just so what? interesting to me that like the guys that were my height and taller would make insecure comments like that and try to like keep me and not wear heels or something. It was just strange. So I found that definitely height is not a deal breaker for me because maybe it seems that um, shorter guys can kind of understand like height stigma a bit more and and not care about it because they also have to deal with that themselves. 100%. Like, it's just that strength of character thing, right? And it, yeah. it kind of comes, comes back to that overlying principle of if, you know, insert particular physical trait here, like if that is what someone is choosing to fixate on, 
and make a decision about whether or not you're an attractive or valuable person based on what one or two particular physical traits, then that person is like clinically diagnosable as a fucking prick and you don't need and you don't need them in your life like they're they're not that's that guy's not the guy he's not no because it comes back into that in like if you're super insecure and i was really sometimes i can still be insecure and then i try to like maybe bring people other down to make me myself feel more secure but when people were doing that to me in the relationship it was definitely a sign of like you know they liked me but there was some problem about them a problem that they had with me that made them feel bad. And so therefore they're trying to bring me down. Um, and so that's definitely a deal breaker. I would rather have someone that's just secure and, and is comfortable with themselves, no matter what I look like or what I do, you know, that sort of stuff. Not saying mm. I could just do anything in the relationship, but <laughs> you know what I mean? We've been yeah. talking too long for the people that are listening. We're just rambling at this point. We're, yeah, we're good. We should, we should wrap this yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> so Marcus, where can people find you? Um, <laughs> depends on the kind of feedback you want to give about this episode. I think uh, it was a M- good episode. I, I'm joking. I think. Um, <laughs> I hope. Uh, M Kane Coaching on Instagram or M Coaching.com. That's uh, Kane spelt K A I N. So yeah, M Coaching.com or M Coaching on Instagram is where you'll be able to find me and Jacqueline for the people listening to my podcast where can people hear more of you yeah you can find me at binge breakers on podcast that's my podcast title on Instagram it's binge breakers underscore bulimia um but pretty much if you type in binge breakers through google you'll probably find me somewhere um binge breakers and bulimia and you'll find me but my website's also just bingebreakers.com awesome cool Mm -hmm. well thanks for the chat today I think we did all right Yeah, thanks. Thank you, everyone listening. Bye, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. And it's your girl here, Jacqueline. And I'm in one of those moods where I'm very tired. And, you know, my eyes just feel tired and f- falling asleep sounds really good. Closing my eyes sounds really good right now. And yet I am so wired on caffeine. And that is not something I would recommend. The reason that I am that way is because I didn't get a whole lot of sleep the past few nights. And I've been working really hard while also trying to maintain normal daily life. But sometimes, Hustle has to happen, and I have a really good reason for why I'm so tired and hopped up on caffeine, and that's because I'm hosting a, and that's because I'm hosting a free five-day no binging challenge starting this Monday, and so if you want to sign up for that, if you are feeling stuck and monotonous in your 
bulimia recovery and you want to stop binging but you really don't feel that motivation or momentum this challenge is for you it's completely free it's going to be super excited it's my first time ever doing a challenge and i've been working really hard to do that among coaching with my clients and taking care of the new course members and doing everything normal that i do like walking my dog so (laughs) i please if you would like to join and hang out with me and my caffeine hopped up free free self then you can find that in the description below. Just click on the link that says free challenge and you'll be taken there and follow the prompts and you'll be joined and then you'll be added to a Facebook group. And then we will all focus on going five days without binging and learn a lot in the process. It's not just about going five days. This will be about building momentum and giving you the base knowledge you need so that you can continue it. So anyway, this is an awesome opportunity. It's completely free. There's really no risk to it. It's just you. You got to show up in your bad self. Secondly, today's episode is going to be kind of a fun one. It's it's not my typical conversation that I have, but I invited, invited Marcus Kane back on the podcast. Marcus is a great dude. We're probably going to do many other collaborations because our conversations, like we just vibe. I feel like we vibe and I think he thinks the same thing. But today we had a conversation all about attraction and um, what people think others are attracted to, what people thinks, think think is important in terms of attraction and finding another partner, but it's not actually reality and how trying to appeal to the masses actually makes you do really crazy things. And we talk about both of our misconceptions that we had about what we think, maybe the opposite sex wants or stuff like that. The only thing to keep in mind is, first of all, it's we don't speak for everyone. So the whole conversation, you notice we're a little bit nervous. We're like, putting disclaimer after disclaimer on this conversation, but we definitely don't speak for all men or all women or all people. But then secondly, we both agree. We talked about it afterwards that we really didn't do a good job. We dropped the ball on the fact that we didn't really talk about people that don't identify as either male or female. And so what I want to say is the first of all, I'm sorry, we didn't consider that while we were um, talking about it. But this conversation still definitely applies to those of you that don't necessarily identify as male or female and just identify as they, them. It really, the concepts we talk about aren't just about men and women, they're concepts for everyone. So sometimes we use just she or he pronouns, and we didn't necessarily think about the inclusivity. So I just wanted to apologize and own up to that. And hopefully you guys, you can understand. Um, I support you guys out there. Uh, And so, yeah, please listen to this episode. And I hope at least, you know, you feel good after listening to it and it makes you laugh a little bit. It's kind of a lighthearted episode. So please enjoy. If you want to sign up for the challenge, Doors close Monday morning, so sign up now. There's only 100 spaces available, so do that. All right, enjoy the episode. Bye.